Welcome back. It's uh, almost 10 past 11. We're in the third and final hour of uh, the Talking Point on SAFM as uh, we lead the conversation. Uh, join the conversation whenever you want on 011-714-2006 or SMS us 41391 at around 50. WhatsApp us also if you want on 061-410-4107. So do you pay for your municipal services? Do you? I mean, I'm asking genuinely, do you pay? Because you're, we're drawing closer to the local government elections and we want to look at the public's obligation, right, in paying for services rendered by municipalities. Some at this point, and we see it a lot uh, on our television screens, we read it in the papers, uh, some are arguing that the reason that they don't even pay for services is because there are no services rendered in the very first place, right? And they do not pay for services um, as a sign of protest, you know, uh, they just simply stop paying, but expect the services to continue. They expect water. They expect their rubbish to be picked up. They expect electricity. But then, in the end, inadvertently, municipalities cannot survive if we don't pay for services. How then do we change the mindset? Because it's an almost very well-entrenched mindset in our country now uh, that people will refuse to pay for services as as a sign of uh, uh, of protest and how do we redefine or even erase the culture? We invited Dr. Um, Trevangwane, who is a director for the Center for Sociological Research and Practice at the University of Joburg. Where do we trace these non-payment culture to, uh, Dr. Ngwane? And thank you so much for making the time to join us this morning. Uh, thank you, KG, and thanks to your uh, listeners. Well, uh, when I thought about this, I thought maybe, you know, one should uh, think of uh, the historical and geographical context. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although, I mean, to be honest, we live in a capitalist society. So there is that uh, ethos that, you know, you must pay for what you get. So the idea of value for money. But let's talk about history a bit and geography. So, you know, South Africa is a country with a long history of inequality of income, life choices, uh, also in terms of geography, you know, unequal infrastructure. So you find that some areas in the country, you know, have dead roads, others have got highways, also services, you know, one part of the country or of a city or a town has got electricity, double stories, the other is checks. So history and geography, you know, are, are quite important. And, and just uh, my last point on this, on geography. So you find that one municipality has got a strong tax base because it's located in an industrial area. Another, there's nothing going on. So, you know, municipality, you know, has no way of making money except focusing on revenue, on what people pay. Mm. So those are all the dynamics, you know, in this uh, non-payment issue. Yeah. 
where then do we locate the culture of non-payment? Do we locate it in an era uh, of, in the era of apartheid, where part of not paying for services was as a result of protest against a system uh, that was uh, repressive to people? Okay, yeah, I'd like to talk about that, you know, especially because, you know, many people use that to argue that black people or working class people or poor people or Soweto people in particular, Mm -hmm. and I'm talking to you from Soweto, Mm. have a culture of non-payment. But uh, just for to play devil's advocate, uh, KG, and your listeners, let me tell you a story. In 1996, which was two years after we, fought, we got our independence, white rate payers embarked on a rate boycott. And it lasted two to three years. So it was called the Centin Federation of Rate Payers Association, CENFED. And it mobilized white uh, ratepayers, white people, rich people in Sentin, Renberg, and surrounding areas not to pay their rates. And this went on for two to three years until they lost uh, a court case, you know, at the constitutional court level. And then their rent boycott fizzled out. And the reason why this rent boycott uh, reached as they are is because they felt that the new democratic uh, Johannesburg city metro, in fact, at that time it was not yet metro, it was the you know, Johannesburg uh, overall city council, uh, had increased rates too suddenly and too sharply. So they said, you know, rates have increased by 300% especially the big business owners, they said, we can't afford this. This will ruin us. Also, white uh, homeowners, at that time, there was hardly any black person living in Sentin. Remember, we're still just out of apartheid. This is too much. We're not going to pay. Of course, we know that, including their demands when they went to court, they were also resisting this takeover by black people and this... uh, a reorganization of uh, local government structures. For example, Sentin was combined with the group in Soweto. So all I'm saying is that, you know, it's not your skin color, it's not even your class background, how rich or how poor you are. If you feel that what you are paying for is unfair, you know, or is not value for money, or you have not been adequately uh, consulted, you might embark on a rent boycott. So I think that puts pay to the idea that this is some kind of black culture or working class culture, which is only related to the struggle against apartheid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, although, you know, the same kind of issues and uh, reasons can be seen with the black boycott. Yeah.
You you made reference yourself to Soweto uh, just now. And by the way, if anybody's listening from Soweto uh, and they want to join in this conversation of uh, rate paying uh, and uh, want to even be anonymous to talk about uh, their uh, experience uh, with this, please uh, join the conversation and call us on 714-2006. Tell me why, uh, Dr. Ngwane, you uh, yourself referenced uh, uh, Soweto er- uh, earlier on uh, when we talk uh, generally the issues of uh, rate paying, because you say it's not necessarily a color thing. Uh, it's it's not also always necessarily a class thing. Yeah, so what has happened is that Soweto has been targeted, especially by ESCOM, certainly by the ANC government, the top guys, you know, uh, you know, as an example of a township or a community which is refusing to pay for services. So, in a way, you know, this is how the system operates. You know, we all know that there's a lot of crime and there's not enough police to catch every criminal. But uh, when the justice system catches one criminal, what is done is they make an example. So Soweto is being scapegoated and blamed, you know, and targeted as an example of people who have a so-called culture of non-payment. Now, I'm saying it's scapegoating because, as I've said, even Santin has at one point embarked on a, 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 a rent boycott. And their rent boycott did not start during apartheid, during apartheid, they were satisfied. But as soon as the black government, a democratic government, took over, they actually uh, embarked on a, a, a rape boycott. So Soweto is being scapegoated, is being victimized, is being used to actually hide many other problems facing local government, certainly facing ESCOM. Yeah. We do know, though, as a fact, uh, Dr. Ngwane, that uh, municipalities are owing billions right now uh, as you and me are having this conversation because there's a general culture of non-payment and it's not sustainable uh, for us not to pay for our rates. How do we redefine the culture of non-payment and how do we uh, do we also necessarily have to redefine the culture of protest seeing a non-payment is in most cases used as a form of protest, as you rightfully have said yourself, for either side of the economic spectrum? Yes. So let's take the issue of municipalities, which OSCOM, you know. So it's not necessarily that the residents of those municipalities are not paying for services. It is because those municipalities simply cannot afford to keep up with their bills. Remember, I explained that through accidents of history and geography, you might find a municipality, for example, Kharsibande, you know, or, you know, Maluti, whatever. Uh, it does not have an industrial base. It does not have a good source of income, you know, 
people and businesses it can tax. Now, unfortunately, the local government system in South Africa is structured in such a way that municipalities derive the bulk of their revenue from taxes, from rates, you know, from getting people to pay. But if, you know, there's too few people working, if there's not enough industries, then you find that these uh, municipalities don't have a strong revenue stream. So that is why, you know, they are not able to pay, not only for ESCOM, for, for you know, also for other, you know, uh, services. They can't build proper roads. They can't take care of their own, you know, cleaning, et cetera, et cetera. How generally uh, do most municipalities um, generate revenue around the world? Okay, it differs. But in South Africa, there has been too little emphasis on funds from the central fiscal to local government. There is too much reliance on the local municipality or metro raising its own revenue. Whereas in other countries, if you go to the USA, yes, they've got a federal system, but now and again, you know, there are strong revenue streams from the federal government and also from the state government. You know, the US got 50 states going to local municipalities. It's certainly the same in Western Europe. Certainly during, uh, you know, socialism or communism, you know, countries like Cuba, you know, those local municipalities get very strong support from the national fiscal. In South Africa, it's the opposite. That is why you find that, you know, uh, many of our municipalities are struggling. I'm not saying there are no other factors like corruption, etc. Mm. But certainly many municipalities in South Africa simply cannot balance the books because mm. the equitable share they get from national government is too little to cover their needs. Okay. By the way, I, <clears throat> I should tell our listeners that we invited the South African uh, lo- South African Local Government Association uh, to be part of uh, this conversation, uh, but they were not available for us today. Uh, just in case you're wondering uh, why the other side of this uh, discussion is not there, the invitation was sent uh, to Salga, uh, but uh, they were not available today. Sko Sana in Bloemfontein wants to join in on the conversation. Good morning. Kosana, welcome. Sometimes these municipalities, they are the ones that make us not to pay the, the, the services. You know why I'm saying that? Mm. Because um, when a municipality blew, uh, of Bloomfontein, they had a uh, a conflict with, uh, with, with, with blue water. And then all of a sudden, they took out the meter of my yard and then they were, they were estimating the water for me. Then I had to take my, my last money to make myself a bowl because now I was owing 2,000 a month just for water. Just imagine. 
So you're saying the conflict existed between the Bloemfontein Municipality and Bloom, uh, Bloom, Bloemfontein Water? Yes. By and the time they had the conflict, they started to take out the meter. Oh. And then they... They took out everybody's meter, not just yours. I don't know. I don't know okay. about that one. Okay. Yeah, then they were starting to, to estimate the water for me. Oh. Just imagine that uh, every month I was supposed to pay between 2,000 and 2,000 rand and 2,500 just for water. And that that I mean, would be an estimate payment? Yes, yes. And, and all along I was paying between 300 and 500 just for water. So how, how, how is it working out for you now with the boreholes, Kosana? I, I took the money, then I make myself a borehole in my yard. So now I'm not using the municipality water. I no longer need it because... Okay. Municipality of they are useless. They don't pick up the garbage. All it's a mess. So what happens to you to 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 your garbage? You pay only for garbage services. You see, let me be honest with you. I pay nothing because the municipality is useless. Okay, okay, Skosana. Thank you. Uh, um, what I'll do is I'll take all the calls and then allow uh, Dr. Ngwane to comment on anything he may want to comment on uh, based on what the caller said. Let's go to you, Eddie, in Urandal's Rus. Hello, Eddie. Welcome to SFM. Yes. How are you, my sister? I'm well, thanks. Thank you very much. <clears throat> no, I'm saying let me put this disclaimer before. I'm a former counselor. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, and now... I'll really encourage our people that we must start doing what what we are supposed to do and pay for our services. But the thing is, we must also make sure that our municipalities deliver services as expected because those things you can't separate them. Payment and delivery of services cannot be uh, cannot be separated. And what I like and about it's, the and it's a challenge. And, you'll agree, Eddie, uh, the delivery of services by municipalities around the country. Come again, then. It is a challenge. It's a challenge we have to acknowledge, uh, the delivery yes. of services uh, by a lot of municipalities around the country. Definitely. I agree with you. Um, I agree more than 100%. That's why I'm saying we must also make sure that service delivery goes to, to, to our people. You know what? The, what is going to encourage me also to continue paying for my services is the what the president uh, um, announced in terms of the your district uh, model the district uh, development model, of which one sees as a means to make sure that uh, we people um, services are delivered. And those municipalities that cannot afford in terms of equitable shares and all those things, if they are, they are, they are lacking, then the district municipalities will be able to, to augment on that. Um, so those are the things. And the other thing, my sister, that I wanted to say is that um, let's have a people's budget, you know, um, like, just like your process of the IDP, let the budget of municipalities be people-driven and so that people understand what are the needs of the municipalities for them to to, um, to deliver services. And I Those ask are the points that I wanted the, to make. Uh, when you say the budgets have to be pe- people-driven, and I ask you this then as a, as a former councillor, like you said you are, if they're yes. n- not people-driven, what currently are they? You, you've been inside. What are they? I want to be honest with you. What the drives only, them? The, <laughs> the only thing that is people's driven is the IDP. But when coming to the to the budget, our, our people, we are not informing our people in terms of this is what the municipality for this financial year, this is what the municipality will need. 
uh, for for the municipality to to, to provide effective uh, but, but, uh, and sustainable Pella, services. Eddie Ansapela, as former councillor, what drives holistically the budgets of municipality, at least the budget of the municipality you were in, if it's not driven uh, by, uh, if it's not people driven, as you said, what drives it? No, only only councillors will come and approve the budget without, you know, hearing what are the needs of the people. I understand. I understand. Councillors know the needs of the people, but you can't say you know the needs of the people without asking them in your respective ward meetings and other meetings that are normally held. So the you IDP want you want proper engagement. You want proper engagement between uh, uh, councillors and members of the community so that they continuously Correct. are away. I've got it. I got it, Eddie. Um, I see you, Mark, uh, in uh, Johannesburg, and I see you, Bonnie. I'm going to have to pause. I'm hoping that Dr. Trevor Nguane, uh, uh has been listening to the calls I got uh, from uh, Bloemfontein uh, and Eddie just now, and then I'll come back with your calls, and then hopefully, uh, Dr. Trevangwane can uh, give us a comment uh, to round off our discussion. Bonnie, you're in Bumalang, so I do see you. I will come back to you. Uh, I have to pause, though, because it's 11.30. It's time for the news headlines, and N. Musa is standing by. Stay on top of all meaningful, top-trending stories right here on SAFM. Leading the conversation. Welcome back. It's 11.31. We're talking municipalities and uh, the culture of non-payment. Our main guest is Dr. Trevor Nguane, uh, who is director of the Center for Sociological Research and Practice at the University of Johannesburg. We've been taking calls, and I have to declare we did invite the South African Local Government Association, but they were not available for today. I want to, uh, before I go to the other calls that are standing by, read uh, a WhatsApp that also just came through the WhatsApp line of SAFM. Molo Homozo I'm reading it as is. Your guest might say whatever he's saying in order to justify the non-payment of electricity by the people of Soweto. But the reality is that one of these days, the very same people of Soweto will be crying out loud because electricity tariffs under the municipality are so exorbitant and a nightmare. Close quote. Uh, Mark in Johannesburg, good after- Good morning and uh, welcome to the show. Eddie. I just want to pull off here quickly. Um, I just wanted to... Um a comment on one or two of um, your your guests' uh, comments that he made about non-paying in Soweto. Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. I can hear you. Go and on. And he's trying to blame the Soweto residents and he's trying to say it's not the ANC and it's the Soweto people. I just want to say he's wrong, he's false, and he's, and he's painting a very bad narrative around exactly what the real root cause is of non-paying people in Soweto. What this is the root cause, Mark? In 1994... When ANC said, if they get into power, ANC will not, uh, the, um, Soweto will not pay ESCOM electricity. And that was given as in um, a, a, a bold statement, and it was followed through after the 94 elections. I don't think it was for infinity. I don't think the ANC would have done something that bad to say it's for infinity. I can't remember exactly how long it is, but uh, um, the fact of the matter is that the ANC that caused this are saying, do not pay, you'll get it for free. And doing that sets a really bad example, Kathy. I don't know if you can understand where I'm going with this. Though. 
Mm-mm. I'm trying to understand. I think from what I'm hearing, you're saying that as an election promise, the ANC said to the residents of Soweto, do not pay. I have no, rec- I have no recollection of that. Uh, I'm sure your callers will fit in with calls verifying what I've just said. It's, it's well known throughout the whole of society. That is what the, the uh, that what was said and what was carried through post-94. That is a bad policy from the ANC from the get-go. It's a non-sustainable policy, and they need to answer for it. Okay, Mark. We can't lambast the, 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 the residents of Soweto for something that was an ANC policy. Okay, okay. Thank you, Mark. Bonnie in um, Pumalang. Hello, Bonnie. Hello. Um, I just want to give you a an example that happened to me, which normally um, I'm an allow people uh, these culture of non-payment to proceed, I don't know for what reason, and destroys the, 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 our plan of, of those people who want to pay. I bought a house in, uh, under the Pelin Kumbi municipality in Libua Homo in 2006. Uh, as you buy the house, you obviously the, the, the seller will pay what is due in terms of, of, of uh, the municipal rate. Then the, the seller paid, but there was a a three-month period within which the, the deal could not be finalized. Therefore, I had to remember, from the date of the, this, the deal being finalized, obviously the rate belonged to him, but I didn't want to make any argument. Then I paid that because the municipality insisted that you must pay that. I paid that. For four years, I owned that house. I paid ceremoniously. In the fourth year, people who have not been paid, the municipality gave them uh, whatever they called it, and they cancelled all their debts. I had to go to the municipality and ask them, I've been paying for four years. What am I getting out of what, it? What do, you mean, everyone... though, what do you mean you were paying ceremoniously? What, what does that mean to, play, to pay ceremoniously? I was ceremon- paying honestly oh, every honestly, month. Honestly, got yes. it. Okay. And, and, you know, four years down the line, they cancelled the debt of the people I found in the, in the township okay. owing their rates. They paid 20000 40000 50000 It's actually just cancelled. Okay. Then I went to the municipality and said, I paid for four years. What am I getting out of it? They said, no, you'll get a, a, a three months. After an argument, they said, okay, you'll get a three months uh, a rebate, whatever it was. That was so, 600 uh, rents so, for three months. Wait, uh, stay with me. So when you say uh, you go to the municipality and you say, I've been paying consistently, what do I get out of it? Uh, meaning you said that because the others had their debt cancelled. Uh, do, yeah, do you know whether these were indigents or not? They were not indigents. They were not indigents. I mean, that's, that's, that's an area where we, we, the people around there, um, are, are actually they have bought bonds and, and, and so on. Mm. Bonded houses, uh, some quite exp- uh, reasonably expensive. The middle class, your police, your, pro, your, your, your nurses and whatever. Mm. Um, everybody else. It was a blanket uh, a, a cancellation of debt. It was not the indigents. Mm, okay. Uh, it was election time and all of that, and the people were were, staying, were, were fighting against the ruling party, and every debt was cancelled for everybody. They called a meeting to say, no, we're cancelling everybody else's debt. And then we, so, we, so we if, if they were cancelling everybody else's debt, why wasn't your debt cancelled? Because I don't have a debt. I mean, these people are, are owing uh, 20-something thousand and so on, and then... We've been paying the services, and, and they got their services from our money, oh. the, the honest payers. Okay. And then we lost some people's uh, thousands of rents were cancelled, and they they then said, 
we're starting. Then I said, no ways, but okay, I understand that, but when, what am I getting if you want me to pay now? Okay. Then they said, no, we'll, we'll give you leave for, for three months and whatever. It came to about 600 rand for the three months, uh, I mean, uh, six times three months, and that was it. And I had to continue paying like everybody else. Mm, I hear you. Okay. I hear you, Bonnie. Um, uh, anonymous. Uh, you, uh, okay. We, we, we lost Anonymous. Uh, I don't know if uh, you had a pen and uh, you noted uh, the comments of uh, the people that uh, called Dr. Trevangwane, uh, uh, I mean, varied issues, really. I, I don't know you if you want to comment on any of it as, as, as we round off. And, and as we round off, I want you to cast your mind's eye to where you think ultimately uh, the change is going to come from and and what is the best solution for us going forward out of this culture? Yes. Yeah, I took down all the points, but uh, I'll just be brief. So I'll just start with your your question of vision. Where are we going? So we need trust. You know, we need uh, due process. We need fairness. And we need a strong sense of social justice. I think the last caller from Lebua Homo, you know, felt that, you know, he was not treated fairly or there was no mm. justice in what happened. Mm. Okay? Mm. And that is why, you know, it's wrong to put a blanket, paint a blanket picture saying Sowetans don't pay because there are people in Soweto who do pay, yeah. and some of them end up feeling like the Lebua Homo uh, caller. Now, I'm paying dutifully, but I'm being blamed, being insulted on TV, wherever I go, even my friends, relatives, you go to KZN for a visit, you Sowetans don't pay mm. when the guy is paying. Do you know mm. what I'm trying to yeah. say? Yeah, no, I've got yeah, you. So, so we need to have a more nuanced approach. And then, of course, I agree, and I think we got very good insight from the former councillor, Mr. Edi. You know, he's calling for a people's budget. Mm. So what he's emphasizing is the need. You know, if you pay, you must be consulted. Yeah. There must be some kind of participation. You must have a say, not only in how much you pay, but also how the money collected is used. Yeah. So I think... Things like corruption and all this political infighting, mismanagement, that's what discourages, you know, people from paying. My last point to emphasize that, you know, KG, if in a classroom of uh, 20 students, two fail, you know, we look at the students. But if half of them or 18 of them fail out of 20, we start looking at the teacher. Mm. So I think, you know, with non-payment, we should look at the government, we should look at the big guys with the money and then try and see where the problem is upstairs and not blame the masses. We'll leave it here, and I appreciate your time, Dr. Ngwane. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Trevor Ngwane is the director for the Center for Sociological Research and Practice at, uh, not too far from us here, at the University uh, at the University of uh, Johannesburg, I, I just I just got told now that actually I'm supposed to ex- ex- extend uh, this conversation <laughs> until twelve o'clock. But uh, let let's perhaps go to a commercial break and then uh, we'll uh, talk when we get back. Here, there, and everywhere. 
SAFM 106.6 FM in Bloemfontein. Okay, listen, I'm the visitor. Uh, perhaps it's uh, me who uh, is wrong. Uh, be kind to your visitors. When people come to your house, you're kind to them. I'm the visitor here. It turns out this municipal slot uh, goes on uh, to midday. So uh, we'll play some voice notes and then uh, go back uh, to Trevor, Dr. Trevor Nguane, uh, the director for the Center for Sociological Research and Practice. And I asked the question when we did start the conversation, do you pay for your rates? If you do, why? If you do not, why? If you want, I can allow you to be anonymous and tell me the area that uh, you are at. And if, again, you don't pay as a result of protest, uh, you know, what kind of level of engagement have you had uh, with the councillors in your area? So as uh, we also wait for your calls, we'll play some of the voice notes uh, that came through on um, 061-410-4107. Remember, all also, you can call on 011-714-2006 so we can hear whether you pay or you don't pay. And either way, why? You're listening to SAFM. Let's hear the voice notes. Hello, Mam KG. It's Mashoban. Pizza Maris back. You ask the question if we do pay our services. Of course, we do pay our services. I do pay my services. Uh, it depends. Uh, if you do remember correctly, the ANC came into power in a t- on a ticket which promised the people of this country free electricity, free water, and a lot of free things. So who do you blame now? And that question is directed uh, to you, uh, Mam KG, uh, because the ANC did promise those things. If I'm lying, please do tell me. Thank you. Morning, KJ and the listeners. We are not the same. Some of us, like me, are not paying because from last year we are no longer working. And the amount now is too high. They must check about it. And again, somebody who is failing to pay, now the amount is keep on going up with interest. That is unfair. They must try to reduce the amount and not increasing the interest on failure to pay. Morning, KG. Um, it's quite interesting that um, you've actually invited uh, Dr. Trevor Nguane to speak on this issue. <clears throat> um, you know, just the period before democracy and the period post-democracy, uh, Trevor Nguane um, was at the forefront um of the leading the boycott um in communities amongst abashali um through the anti-privatization campaign and it would be quite interesting to honestly hear his personal view uh he's he's a bit generic as i listen to him now um you know um i think he he needs to give us it's almost tongue-in-cheek what you what you have there of, of of your guest uh, it would be interesting to hear precisely what what is what has been his personal experience in leading such campaigns. Morning, KG. Mandela said that if um, the ANC is not delivering uh, services as um, the apartheid was doing, we must do to it what uh, 
uh, we did uh, to the apartheid government. So right now, the ANC is not delivering services uh, for the majority of uh, black people. Uh, between you and me, you know that uh, in uh, large suburbs, the, the services are being um, 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 done in those uh, large uh, suburbs, but in the townships, there's no services at all. Then you expect uh, people to pay for non-existent uh, uh, services until there's a government uh, that uh, is for the people and uh, takes care of the needs of the people and don't doesn't steal the money and buy top of the range vehicles people shall continue to protest not in my respect uh good morning to you once again your question do we pay for municipal services what for there are no services delivered number one number two that money has just been stolen by the mayor by the cofo and the municipal members so i mean the less you pay the less they got to steal thank you bye Hi, Kathy. Thanks for the nice show. Uh, coming to these municipalities, I do concur with the gentleman there. However, a solution needs to be found because, as it stands, services are not rendered properly to the residents, but the rates keep going higher and higher, more especially when it comes to electricity. It, it, it doesn't make sense. And the corruption that we see in the lives of these officials, the fleshy lives that they lead, doesn't help at, at all because this is what us ordinary people see. Thank you. Uh, the guy who asked me, I uh, I think uh, he asked uh, me whether I, I remember. I remember the promise for free education. I distinctly remember that uh, in uh, 1994. So that uh, definitely stands out uh, in my mind. Uh, everything else, uh, 94 for me was a long time ago. Anonymous in Guazul Natal, before I come to you, let me allow uh, Dr. Trevor Ngwane to respond because one of them uh, was directed at you. They said I'm very tongue-in-cheek and you're not talking about uh, the level of participation that uh, you yourself have had uh, in uh, these uh, boycotts, Dr. Ngwane? Yeah, well, on the one hand, you know, there must be honest accounting of one's personal history, especially if you are opinionated on a public platform. So I accept that, uh, KG. But uh, also, we must avoid uh, playing the man and not the boy, if you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't get a sense that the the caller was saying I should share my 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 experiences for the sake of, you know, eliminating the issue. He was almost saying, you know, I was wrong to do that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, basically... Um, you know, the issue then and today is what most of the voice calls have been talking about, affordability. So when I led the struggle in Soweto, you know, everyone knew it's clever and the grannies of Soweto. So I was organizing or being supported or helping, you know, pensioners of Soweto who simply could not keep up with the rising, you know, electricity tariff. And remember, at that time, you know, ESCOM simply went in and cut off people's uh, electricity. And KG, at that time, like uh, Mr. Abe, I was actually an ANC local councillor. So when people had problems with their electricity, they came to their councillor 
Trevor Nguan. So I had to respond. And then I organized, you know, teams to go and visit each granny, each uncle, you know, each person or house who had their electricity cut off. We call them electricity monitors. So they'll check, you know, why the electricity has been cut off. What are the living conditions? And KG, most of the time, these people were the poorest of the poor. And we found that, as someone has said, the billing system by ESCOM was terrible. There was no reading of meters. Indeed, uh, half the meters had not been calibrated. They hardly worked. So people were being charged on estimates. As a result, a granny of eight years who lives maybe with one or two uh, uh, grandchildren would have a debt of 80,000, 100,000. The poor dear could not, can't sleep at night worrying about, you know, this big debt. So that is when, you know, I learned to speak up, you know, for such people. And indeed, for a time, ESCOM cooperated with us because they would give rebates, cut the debt for individual people, uh, uh, for those who can afford, work out how to pay. So that was my involvement, you know, in trying to fight for the people of Soweto. But I must say that, as the callers say, that problem has not gone away because many people, you know, find themselves not being able to afford, you know, these uh, very expensive electricity and services bills. And I I suppose I also have to throw the same question to you that I've been throwing to everybody, Dr. Ngwana. Are you paying for your rates right now? Uh, Well, uh, I I, I don't pay me because, you know, I, I stand really in solidarity with those who can't pay, you know, number one, because, you know, you know, there is this distinction now. But number two, I've got a, a principled opposition. You know, I'm a socialist in my political ideology. I've got a principled opposition to public funds being channeled, you know, into private pockets. So, you know, we've got corruption, KG. Okay, everyone is against corruption. But there's something more sinister happening with government. There is legal, you know, tenders, legal outsourcing, legal contracting out, consultancies, where money is just going to, 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 you know, to, to, to private individuals. That is why, you know, they drive these BMWs, these big... So I really... I don't... As a socialist, I don't see why, you know the provision of water should make someone rich. You know, why the provision of uh, waste removal should make someone rich? Why even the provision of health, you know, just to be more uh, specific and broad, should make anyone rich? So I've got a a serious problem with, you know, profit-making, you know, at the expense of, uh, you know, the needs of the masses. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I also have calls. So I think let's get the two calls in and then get your comment and hopefully round off. Anonymous and KZN, do you pay for your services? Good day to you, uh, 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 KG Maliketsi. How are you? Mwekezi, I'm well. Do you Maliketi. pay for your services? Uh, yes, I paid. I, I've never withheld services unless there was a query on my account. Mm-hmm. And when there's a query on my account, uh, they don't uh, attend to the query. I put my queries in writing, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and I have a paper trail of them, mm-hmm. but they don't attend to the queries in writing. Mm-hmm. Rather, they switch my lights off. I had no lights for two years because the Ethiopian municipality would not query my account, and all the councillors are, are, are were in cahoots with it as well on all the municipalities that are um, are sub to Itikwani Misfality. Mm. They all were uh, saying the same thing, singing the same song, when they were all wrong. Mm. All of them were wrong. And you know what? And and they will, as soon as I put the phone down, you'll find one of the staff of Itikwani Misfality will phone in and say, no, she didn't pay. You must see, I would like all reporters and all counselors to look at proof of evidence of if, if we wrote, because there's, you know, when Mr. Oban Mlaba was the mayor of Durban, he had said, uh, consolidated everyone's accounts. But there were certain accounts that were not supposed to be consolidated, like people who have shareholders in the property. But now they could, Itikweni did not consolidate sing, uh, single, share, uh, single owners, uh, private owners of the property, uh, did not consolidate certain people's accounts. They are looking at faces. And my account, they are shareholders, they consolidated the other shareholders' account on my account, and I have to pay to my pension for the other shareholders, which is grossly unfair on the municipality. I'm supposed to get a separate billing of accounts, according to every accountant who works for Itikweni. So, so they, basically, they consolidated my account. Okay, so you're, you're, you have a major query with uh, the Durban um, uh, municipality in terms of how they are billing you for your services. Yes, and I and and they're not even um, uh, what they they're not even taking meter reading. I'm working out my own meter reading every do, month. Do you do you have water and electricity now, Anonymous? I have water. I like to say I have to go to a legal. I have to pay a legal attorney to sort my problem out because even Zalene Gumede, Sozia Pir, all of these people fail to uh, to address my problem. Okay, okay, okay. I hear you, Nzigana uh, in Durban. Good morning. Um, thank you very much. Um, I, I first wait, wait, I wait. Nsigan, do you do you pay for services? I pay my, for my services. Oh. Okay, okay. Yes, you you wanted to say. I wanted to say that. Can you move around, Sigana? Can you move around because your line, your line, your line is is not good. It's breaking. Please move around uh, ten steps or so uh, to maybe we get to a better uh, spot so that we can hear what you're saying because we're missing parts of it. Sigana, it's actually uh, it's it, it's 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 gotten worse. Um, Dr. Nguana, that uh, caller from Guazulu Natal Anonymous, very emotional about issues of uh, the consolidation of uh, billing services. Uh, and I suppose uh, you have a, a, a thought on that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, you know, many of these uh, municipalities uh, treat uh, residents, you know, uh, very poorly, you know, uh, and, and also they have atrocious. Uh, billing systems. In fact, there is uh, billing chaos. So, you know, I just want to quote, uh, because it was his birthday, Archbishop uh, Emeritus Tutu, who said, you know, we can't keep on, you know, fishing people out of the river, those who have fell fell in and are drowning. We have to go upstream and find out, you know, why they are falling in. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, instead of just... uh, 
thing in people must pay we must find out why are people not paying and then address the problem at its root at its cause and i think one of them is affordability the other is social justice where people feel that they are being taken for a ride. Do you holistically believe that uh, we should, because you said you're a socialist earlier, do you holistically therefore believe that we should not be paying uh, for uh, general municipal services? And if so, how uh, do you suggest municipalities sustain themselves and inadvertently then give service to us, the people? Yeah, KG, you know, uh, you have to invite me to a special program where we talk about socialist local government, you know, because basically apartheid was capitalism, you know. Colonialism was capitalism. Uh, slavery, charter slavery, which took, you know, African-Americans and made them slaves, was capitalism. So, you know, me, I look at the broader picture, and then I'm trying to address that and come with a vision of a different type of society. Yeah, I don't unfortunately, want a society though, where you know where how much money is there in your pocket determine you know your whole life. Okay, we have to leave it here, Dr. Ngwana. Thank you for uh, allowing us a whole hour uh, of your time. We really, really appreciate it. Dr. Trevor Ngwane, Director for the Center for Sociological Research and Practice and a non-payer of uh, um, services uh, to his municipality. Uh, He's at the University of Johannesburg. Thank you to Lebu Mosweu, Bushloko Matlosa, and uh, Babalwa was uh, my technical producer. And thank you to you for welcoming me in the last two days. Kathy's back uh, tomorrow. Update at noon with Sakina Kamwendo is next.